body. You know, America's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Behind the Mask. I'm Rondo Dosevich, joined alongside Jacob Stinson and Jacob Phillips. Gentlemen, we're recording on a Monday afternoon for probably the first time in Behind the Mask history. How you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, excited to go home finally this week. I haven't been home back to St. Louis in a hot minute. Um, I think when we're while I'm home for that weekend, we're going to try and head to a Blues game if we can. Uh, catch the, the absolute wagon that currently is the St. Louis Blues. One, what, I think six in a row now. Uh, they play the Ducks again tonight, so it's going to be seven by t- by the time this comes out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited, though. A lot Excited for some turkey. Excited just to, you know, get home, get a little bit of a break. Excited for turkey? Is that is that really what you're excited for? My mom makes some good turkey. Some good turkey? How does she do it? Uh, I don't, I'm not going to reveal the secrets on, uh, on the okay. podcast. No, because I want to know, because turkey's just kind of meh. I want to know a way to make turkey better, because it's, yeah. I think, well, last year, I think my, my dad actually, uh, like, smoked it. Ooh. Um, like, he has, like, a bunch of stuff uh, for, like, smoking barbecue and things like that. Um, and I, this and he did the turkey, I think, last year, and that was really good. So, I don't know. We got we got the, uh, the secret sauce coming. Uh, my family likes to throw it down on Thanksgiving. I too am excited to go home. I, I I got the opportunity to go back home for a brief weekend a couple weeks ago. A friend of my, a good friend of mine, got married. But uh, really excited to see mac and cheese on the Thanksgiving table. <laughs> Shout out to. I wanted to mention that specifically. <laughs> Breslin breakdown for the that that whole debate that went down on Twitter. Mac and cheese does in fact belong on the Thanksgiving table. It is a, it is a staple. Uh, yeah. Shout out. Uh, who Matt Merrifield, former guest of the pod, um, who for for that whole um, debate, it was the Twitter feud. Yeah, if you don't believe mac and cheese belongs on Thanksgiving table, you just haven't done it right. I want to say I think it does, but it doesn't match one of the staple like Thanksgiving meals. But it passes because I love mac and cheese, and it could just be filled in with pretty much See, any meal, and it passes. Who so. cares about tradition though? Like turkey, I'm not a fan of turkey. Like, I'm experiment. Yeah. It, Thanksgiving, just get food. Yeah, <laughs> there's trust me, mac and cheese staple. If you mac and cheese in. Very much. Very, and we are much in the mood to, to recap some games before we go too off on that tangent. We're MSU Hockey Podcast. We talk some MSU Hockey here and there, I guess. But uh, our, our minds, are, minds are on a little bit, little bit something else, a little bit of a vacation coming up for us MSU students. But we got some games to break down. The first game on the slate that happened last Friday, Michigan State traveled to Penn State. I'll do a little, just a little game recap. Uh, Penn State opened the scoring. Jimmy Dowd in the first period. Michigan State answered back with two goals in the first period. Matt Baskow gets his third of the season. Then on the power play, Jagger Joshua gets his sixth on the season team leading and team leading third power play goal. So MSU up 2-1 after one. Pair of goals on each side in the second period. So MSU goes up 3-2 going into the third. Cole Krieger was the goal scorer for MSU. And then it kind of all falls apart in the third period. We'll, We'll break it all down. But with about five minutes left, Penn State tied it at three. Christian Berger scored that goal. And then with 56 ticks left on the clock, power play goal by Penn State pushes them to a 4-3 victory. So we got a lot to break down. 
definitely a, a little bit of a fluke ending there for Michigan State. But what did you guys see in the game one of last series? Well, I think it was just there was a lot of kind of self-inflicted wounds down there in that last like five minutes of the game uh, that really get, let Penn State get back into it. Um, like, for example, there was the tripping penalty from David Gucciardi. Um, there was a lot of missed opportunities on offense, like not really letting themselves get set up um, as far as establishing some possession. Um, they just couldn't really hold on to the puck. Penn State, I think, really, really dominated the, t- the pace of play in that period. Um, there was a lot of turnovers in the offensive zone that led Penn State to get in transition. And so then when you're chasing like that, it means you're more prone to taking these kinds of penalties, like the Gucciardi tripping penalty. Uh, and then when you do that, just with the way that goes, that's when you're kind of asking for those kinds of, uh, um, like the the power play goal in the last minute. Like you're asking for those kind of things to happen at that point. And it was, and it, it's disappointing for sure. But like, uh, just a lot of uh, late game execution that that wasn't there in that game. I think they they kind of let their foot off the gas a little bit after that, after the start of it. So I think that's that's what I would say at least. Yeah, you know, it it was a game that they could have won if it weren't for just, you know, like you said, really letting up off the gas and starting to make mistakes and not play clean. Uh, And one of the things that I saw pretty early on that, you know, obviously didn't help Michigan State is letting Penn State kind of control the puck. Obviously, in that first period, Michigan State kind of able to get a little bit more control, but then the second and third period, they got outshot. Second period, four to fourteen, third, eight to twelve. And we talked about it last week, Penn State really taking advantage, just constantly putting shots on net, uh, no matter the look. And the Michigan State offense really needed to help St. Cyr out. He he can make good saves, but no matter what, you don't want to let your goalie face that much pressure. This this first game, to me, was the first time where MSU really let a game get away from them. You look at the rest of the season, they they battle hard in their losses against uh, UMass Lowell and Bully Green early on. They fight back against Notre Dame after dropping a 5-0 stinker, and they, they get a 1-1 tie. It's, it's the first time that this season, you look at the game, and if you're a Michigan State fan, you just, you're just shaking your head. You're putting it down, and you're like, gosh dang we wish we had that game because it seemed like Michigan State, even though Penn State did have more of the momentum, more of the shots, they seemed to control the play better. It was it was Michigan State that was still in the lead, late in the game. They were winning 3-2. They're a resilient team that plays very, very well in the third. But, I mean, obviously, if you give give up a power play opportunity late, uh, talking about you know two minutes left in the game, was it uh, who got that tripping? David Gucciardi. Gucciardi got that tripping call. It's it's something that you usually don't see Michigan State taking penalty that late in third periods at all, and it's the first time they did it, and it definitely bit them in the butt, obviously. But it's uh it's something that you you shake your head out, you go to the locker room, you talk about it with your team, and you bounce back for game two. And I mean, we could segue right into game two if you want. If if we want to talk about more game one stuff, go right ahead. But but yeah. But we we got I I see some some stuffs being uh, written down here. What happened? Um yeah. So let's, no, while we're let's recording, open the show with this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. While we're recording the podcast, um, I was just checking, and they just uh, released the newest USCHO rankings. Um, oh. Michigan State was ranked 17th last week. Uh, after the and then Penn State was also ranked sixth. 
after the uh, split with Penn State. Michigan State moves up one spot to 16th. Penn State moves down one spot to 7th. Um, as for the rest of the Big Ten, Minnesota is at two, staying where they were. Michigan bumped down two spots after getting swept by Minnesota uh, to third or to fifth. I mean, from third. Um, and then Ohio State stays at twelve. Uh, Notre Dame moves up one spot to nineteenth. Um, and then I believe that is it as far as the Big Ten is concerned. Live ranking updates on the pod. That's what we do for you guys here at BTM. That's what we do. Ah. Yeah, little little bonus point. Wisconsin still not receiving any votes this I week. I wonder why. <laughs> uh, okay, so moving on. Game one. Anything else there? Just the game that Michigan State looked like they could have had, but it got away from them late with a mistake that they usually don't take. Yeah, I thought legitimately for that game, like majority of that game, Michigan State was the better team. Um, oh, okay. I it was like I said, a lot of self. Inflicted wounds, and it was if you needed to, um, or yeah, like it was a lot of self inflicted wounds. And if they stuck with it and like they didn't make those mistakes at the end, um, they have a legitimate chance at what would have been a sweep here, yeah. yeah. And then you go ahead, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, this is still a Michigan State team that you know they haven't had a lot of road tests really, you know, going to Bowling Green one game, home and home. Going to Notre Dame, that game one, you know, that that didn't get away from them. They just they were not in control in that game one and then end up tying in game two. Uh so even though they end up losing this game one, this is probably the bet like this was up up until that point. You know, I don't want to spoil anything for Saturday's game if you didn't already watch it, but they they still played pretty well uh, on the road, going to Pagula of all places. Against another Big Ten team, you know this is the second road suite or a second road series they've had. So, you know, really, it, it, really tough expectations. So that's that's all I just wanted to say. And I do want to give some props to uh, Mueller, who got first star honors last weekend. He also uh, kept his production going. He got two assists in that first game, and then he was also fourteen out of uh, twenty-two on the faceoff dot. So he's he's doing good. He's proven to be a a big part on this team when in other years he was just, you know, part of the lineup. But definitely something to keep track on. Pretty sure he's second on the team in points. I, uh, I think not, not, any, not after this weekend. Not after, oh, not after, yeah, not after the game to the seven-goal game, which, hey, let's just get right into that. Michigan State on Saturday follows up a 3-4 to four loss with a 7-3 to three W. Uh, I would really run down all the goals, but that that would take a long time. Uh, I'll just say who scored them. Tanner Kelly got his fourth. Davidson got one. Tucker got one. Dorwar got his third of the season. Middendorf got his fifth of the season. Russell continues scoring. He's got five on the season. Then an empty netter, Carson Dorwart. That's all seven goal scores from Michigan State. I won't bother uh, placing which goals and where because we'll talk about them. But Michigan State coming off the loss on Friday. They enter this game. They score... Three straight to open up the period. Eight minutes, 43 seconds into the game. Adam Solier, three goals off six shots. He is pulled. It's Liam Solier. Liam. Uh, did I say Adam? Yeah. Oops. Sorry. Sorry. It's, sorry, it's Liam. Keep going. Keep going. Adam Pillowitz. Gosh, dang it. Thank you. Um, so Solier is gone after eight minutes, six shots, and three goals let in. And then it uh, it, it changes. It's a lot, of, a lot of things happen in this game. This game was very interesting, but... uh. Yeah, what happened to this game, guys? Um, so what was the... I thought it was just a... It was a lot of... How I was talking about those like self-inflicted wounds and those mistakes they were making. They got them out of the way early. They had. They definitely made quite a lot of mistakes in that first period. 
I after going up that early, it was they they let Penn State get back into it, and there was still way too much time on the clock. Uh, it was the penalties they took. Um, they kind of like the real momentum shift was a the five in game that um, that Jagger Joshua took um, for a hit, which we have our own opinions on whether that was a deserved call or not. But they're, they're, they're cracking down on that stuff. There yeah, are multiple cause. camera angles available on social media and all over the place. Uh, if you want to go check it out for yourself, there's plenty of footage of it for so so listeners can make their own opinions. Right. Um, but so it was that moment, though, that really got to or but that kind of shifted momentum back in Penn State's favor. They had that five minute uh, power play of like a score at will kind of system going and they scored twice on it um scoring three goals in the final five minutes of that first period um so it kind of just felt, and so like basically after that that hot start michigan state had just gone well not to mention that that was they scored in like the first two minutes of that power play too they started the second period with three minutes 33 seconds left on it yeah so i mean just not not a, not a good penalty to take for michigan state at all right and a penalty kill that, if you guys remember a couple weeks ago, talking about the uh, Wisconsin series was, I think, 17 for 17 kills going... Oh, wait, no. Notre Dame series. That's when that streak got killed. Michigan State was 17 for 17 penalty kills going into that Notre Dame series, and they were second in the country with, like, 92.5% penalty kill. That penalty kill is not looking anywhere near as strong. You guys mentioned two... Uh, power play goals coming off that five-minute major right at the end of the first to tie the game up at three. Michigan State's penalty kill is now down to like 83%, 15, or 17th it, in the nation. It's 83.9% right now. They've had 47 successful penalty kills on 56 attempts. Yeah, so that the, that the penalty kill is not looking anywhere near as reliable as it was before, and those numbers were bound to come down, but to see these many this many power play goals go in, but there is a lot of penalty time that Michigan State has been killing off especially in this past week against Penn State so definitely something just just to look at hopefully it can bounce back but uh the amount of time that Michigan State's spent in the box these past uh, couple series is definitely not helping that percentage to say the least yeah um I think as well Uh, what what I thought was at least notable about it was after that first period though they I assume, I'd assume this is a kind of more of a thing that falls back on coaching above all, but yeah, the ability to come out of that of the locker room and as, even when you start on the penalty kill again for like another three minutes, uh, the ability to just come back and like put their foot on the gas the way they did in that second period, I thought really stood out. Um, definitely. Yeah, this is kind of probably one of the best performances that we've seen Michigan State have out of any second period in this season. I mean, yeah. you're talking three goals, not to mention refusing to let up any more on the penalty kill. So still pretty pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you got some really nice uh, offensive contributions. Um, while he didn't score, one of the players that I think had, that did have a really good game in this was Tiernan Shouty, finished, I think, with three assists on the night. Um, after Jagger Joshua got suspended, he, I believe he was getting some minutes uh, up on the first line alongside Russell and Dorwart. Mm-hmm. And he was he stepped in and played really well, ironically because Shouty being a smaller five nine freshman doesn't exactly fill that same role that that Jack or Joshua does. 
Um, Especially considering but, Jagger uh, is the oldest pr- uh, player on that line, too. I think yeah. Dorwart and Russell are, are freshmen, so shout to step in. Yeah, first the, line all freshmen. Yeah, exactly. And but he stepped in and he played really well in that in that role. And I and I thought that was definitely something noteworthy. I mean, yeah, finishing with three assists on the night. Um one of them being before Jagger Joshua got ejected. But um still, yeah, that line that first line once again kind of took over uh in the last two periods. The three of them. Dort finished with two goals, Russell had a goal, Shouty had three assists. Um, yeah, they they definitely stuck um, stepped up when they needed to, and I thought that was definitely impressive and something that is a good um, sign for the team going forward. That's definitely a good sign moving forward. I love that you talked about that because if you look at Michigan, Michigan State for this weekend after the Friday loss, you know Michigan State was up three two. Mm-hmm. They you know they lay a little egg at the end. They accident they lose they lose the game. You know four three, not something they want to do. They come back Saturday. They go up three goals. They let in three goals right at the end of the first. It's 3-3 going into it. At this point, if you're Michigan State, you'd probably give them the benefit of the doubt and say, like, oh, they're going to be down on themselves. They may not come out in the second as as hot as they want to. But, no, whatever was said in the locker room, whatever mentality that Nightingale installs in these kids, it's it's working because they came out in that second shot out of a rocket. They get three goals, push it to 6-3 against a really good Penn State team that – just you know, looked looked like they were taking water in that second period against Michigan State, and that's definitely something to note. The resiliency of this team and the way they bounce back despite anything this season has thrown at them has been good, and that's something that you can't really measure on a scale. You just look at the team and see them doing it and note that, like, hey, that's a good quality of a team. And I think Michigan State has that and has it at abundance this year, which is something that, that hasn't happened in, in other seasons, that's for sure. And I mean, from period to period, even from game to game, you kind of see they 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 might be down, but they're never out. And I mean, in this game, you know, on Friday they go down to Penn State, and you know, we we see how that ends. They end up letting they, even though they still get a lead, they end up letting it slip away. But Saturday they come out, they score three in a row, score first. Michigan State six zero and one when scoring first. So pretty impressive, and just being able to take away from that Friday game and then move into Saturday and understand here's what we need to do and adapt. It, I mean, it's it it's it's worth noting, to say the least. It's worth noting. And since we're kind of going off that resiliency building off and blah blah blah, I do want to note. I I wish I mentioned this off the the first game of the series. Michigan State going into that first game when they were up three two. After two periods, they did not lose a game when leading after two. That was actually the first game they lost when leading after two, so they were 7-1. and one. But now, Michigan State coming off that Saturday win when they were up 6-3 going into the third. Obviously, they pushed that a game higher. So, Michigan State, when, they, you know, when they're going into the third with the lead, except for Friday's performance, it's you know, flawless so far on the season. And I think one, one thing that we talked about kind of comparing to that Notre Dame road series is that this Saturday game especially, and even more, like, you you also saw this in the Friday game. Michigan State was able to play the style of hockey that they want to play. That was one thing that we saw Notre Dame really do, especially in that first game, was take away that ability and make them play a different style. 
I don't think Penn State did that. And uh, you clearly see on Saturday, it works in Michigan State's favor. Anything else for the the weekend series, gentlemen? Nah, I think it. I think as a whole, the weekend just I proved I think what we kind of knew the whole time about you know Michigan State is going to be I think at the end of this like a legitimate contender in the Big Ten, being able to hang and I think for all but five minutes of this weekend, Michigan State has looked like the better team uh, against the what was the sixth ranked team in the country. I think that bodes very well for the rest of the season. And now, and now I want to see how we, this plays out against like the Minnesotas and Michigans of the world because that's when December comes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you, you look at uh, some of the teams that Michigan State's been able to pull at least one win away from this year. I mean, you're talking about UMass Lowell, Ohio State, now Penn State. I mean, punching above your weight. Real, the outlier is Notre Dame, who now is ranked 19th, so still a few spots below Michigan State. Um, but yet, I mean, Michigan State just proven they can they can punch well above their weight, at least in terms of USCHO poll, mm-hmm. going against these much higher ranked teams, and being to I mean just being able to sweep it or not sweep but split is not something that I would have expected coming into this season. I don't think anyone would have expected that coming into the season. Well, actually, scratch that. I don't think anyone expected Penn State to be here either at the, at the beginning <laughs> of the season. True. Well, no, I well I remember because I wrote about that I, in the preview for last week. That was how I opened it. Was I went back to the uh, the preseason like Big Ten coaches poll where they predicted like what was the order each how the Big Ten was going to shape out, uh, and yeah, the order that they had predicted was Penn State six, Michigan State seven, and yeah, now they're two of the best teams in the in the conference. And speaking of things that are not expected, I uh, I had some free time, so I decided to do some uh, deep dive into MSU games in the past. This uh, this season, MSU has scored 10-plus goals in two different in-conference series. Against Wisconsin, they won 5-0-5-1, 10 goals there. Against Penn State, they lost 3-4 and won 7-3, 10 goals there. The last time that Michigan State has scored 10-plus goals in interconference series it took me a while. I had to go back to 2007, 2008, when Michigan State was in the CCHA. They uh, beat Lake Superior State 8-2-3-3, and then Bowling Green 6-3-4-0. So that was the last time that Michigan State had scored 10-plus goals in two different in-conference series. 2007 and, was a pretty good year for MSU yeah, hockey. They went to uh, the, the NCAA West Regional Finals and lost against Notre Dame. So they had a pretty gosh dang good season. That was following up the season where they won gonna, the National I was going to say they won the Natty the year before. Yep. So it was it was kind of like, a, oh, okay. I wasn't digging up the stat to find that, but the fact that I found that when digging up that stat, so I was like, hmm. State going to the Frozen Four? <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> no. I think one, one thing that I kind of want to say real quick about Michigan State is, I mean, this has been a tough part of their schedule. I mean, Wisconsin, it, it, it's a conference opponent. I'll give them that. This is, it's been the but, this this part of the schedule hasn't been that tough compared no, to what they got month, down the stretch. Next yeah. month will be the, will be the real test. Yeah, but you look at you see Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Penn State all in a row, and going back just to Wisconsin, you talk about getting five out of six, winning five out of six games against conference opponents. Uh, you know, four of those in a row, back to back, and then being able to pull off one on the road at Penn State. Uh, I don't know really what to say other than, I mean, you you look at this and you think, hmm, yeah, definite contender. 
Uh, obviously, it, it, it's going to get tough in December for sure because December opens up with, uh, well... A home series against Minnesota. Yeah. And then a home and home the next weekend against Michigan. Yeah, back-to-back going up against two top, currently top five teams mm-hmm. in college hockey. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, can't wait for that. <laughs> no, I'm actually, th- th- actually this, intrigued by it. This schedule for Michigan State just gets harder and harder. That's that's uh, the Big Ten for you, but they, I mean again, five out of five out of six games uh, in the past they've won. So it, 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 it's not really slowing we, them down. We kind of knew this though going into it. We said like last week that we we knew the Big Ten was going to be a bloodbath. That, that's how it's going to be the whole season. And MSU is looking at the cusp of it right now. They survived Wisconsin, Penn State, and Ohio State, and did decent against Notre Dame. But now they got Michigan and Minnesota, the two. The two stalwarts well, of the conference. I think the we're overlooking. I think we're overlooking that first. They got a. They got a two games to play before that against Miami of Ohio. Which good segue, but I do want to update the overall argument. Michigan State <laughs> sweep against Penn State. No, it's, it's perfect. I <laughs> absolutely perfect. I should just move on. But Michigan State splitting against Penn State. They move to nine four and one overall. They sit at second in the Big Ten at uh, five two and one in Big Ten play. We'll update the whole Big Ten as a whole uh, in a little bit. But yeah, Michigan State now checking in number 16th after that, dropping Penn State down a point to number 7. But that's that series. Michigan State has a couple of games coming up this weekend against Miami of Ohio, a non-conference, a a team that, I'll say it right off the bat, they should sweep at this point. But uh, we're here to break it down and uh, give our intel as to what will happen for the weekend. So uh, Miami, Ohio on the docket. What you guys got? Ryan already spoiled his pick'em off the bat. We yeah. mentioned oh, yeah. we even mentioned pick'ems yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, so Miami is kind of an interesting team. I, I've got the preview that should be out fairly soon. We'll see. Check on impact 89 fmorg and also check my Twitter. I will and check his Twitter. Check my Twitter at Jacob F Stinson. I will be there to tweet it once it's live. Um, and but yeah, kind of doing the the general deep dive on you know who Miami is, where they're at how they play, how they match up. Um, they started off the season pretty well. They started off the season 4-1-1, uh, one one, uh, included a win at, on the road at UMass Lowell. Yeah, teams. And so, pretty good win. Yeah, and then it starts off, and you think, oh, they're going to be like a decent team. The, they started off fairly hot, um, and it kind of just went downhill from there. Uh, they, once they got into conference play, sheesh. <laughs> yeah, once they entered conference play, the NCHC is a really good conference, right? But... They really kind of start. They took a tumble, uh, to say the least. Um, so in their last win, um, so their last win was in a before that, uh, before the four hundred conference play was a series against Canisius, and in the first game they won five three. Um, and then it was two nothing the next night. But after that five three win against Canisius, uh. Penn, or Miami would not score three goals in a game until last Saturday. Uh, and that was a series against North Dakota, who I have my own issues with right now. Um, but, yeah, they, they took a tumble, got swept by Denver, got swept by Western Michigan, got swept by, or was it, it was a tie with a shootout loss against Colorado College. And then they lose... 7-1 to North Dakota. And then the next night, 
inexplicably pull out a four three uh upset because um they Miami scores four goal or three goals on the first like eleven shots of the game. Um former former MSU goalie Drew DeRitter got pulled in that and then um or North Dakota came back and then at and they tied it at three three and then in the last five six minutes of the game Miami scores one to go up ahead and they end up pulling out the W to break their one two three four five six seven, seven. game losing streak <laughs> right so even though even the one win they do have is is seemingly fluky um because you can't expect it's similar to the uh to how the the second game against Penn State started for Michigan State. You can't expect goalies to have bad nights like that all the time. Um and yeah, that 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 kind of stuff is just not sustainable and I think if you genuinely look at it, I you there's not much that Miami has done recently to uh in the past month or so that is not that has inspired any sort of confidence in them. So, yeah, talking I, down on the Red Hawks. So, well, there's a lot of things they do, and there's not much, but there's not much they do that I particularly like. Um, they don't play very good defense. The goaltending has been average to below average. Um, they have the team has a nine oh three save percentage on the year, um, which is not that great. Uh. The the team as a whole only has three people with a positive plus minus rating. Oh jeez, right? And they just they don't like, and they're not really they're not doing a good job defending. And as you've as I said about them not scoring re- a lot recently, um, and like going that long without scoring three goals in a game, they like yeah their offense is prone to just go cold. Um. And they've been on a cold streak now for a month. So that's my thing. They, they do that. They take a lot of penalties as well. I didn't mention that. They have like the third most penalty minutes per game in the in college hockey. Yep. Third at 16.1. <laughs> yeah. So that's not great either. You're, so when I read this matchup, I see a lot of MSU is going to be spending a lot of time on the power play. And they're going to be spending a lot of time in the Miami zone. Not a recipe for success. Yeah, Miami, I I don't I don't see two levels of competition that equal each other between these two teams this weekend, that's for sure. I mean, basically going off what you said there and some uh it's Miami's yeah, it takes a lot of penalty minutes per game, which doesn't help in their favor because MSU's been doing decent on the penalty. I do want to reiterate though. Yes. Um or not reiterate, but one one of the little stat for context, right? After that first period against North Dakota, where they ended up, um, or after after you know scoring those first um, first three, yeah, after scoring those first three goals, um, how they kind of cooled off. Uh, after the first period, because the third goal was scored like five minutes into the second, but Miami ended the first period against North Dakota in that game up ten to nine on shots. Um, Miami only proceeded to get six shots on goal for the rest of the game. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you can't expect a win like that. They ended up getting outshot 16 to 36. 
but they still and they that still was won. the game they won. Yeah, and they, they still won. It's, it's Jesus. That's you, a, that you you can't expect statistical that. anomaly. You right can't there. put like actual, um, real weight into it. I don't think. So that's my thing. My uh, you know, I I see a lot of penalties. I see a lot of uh. Uh, shots on goal against. I don't see much offense for. So I think what uh, I I talked about this like I think what it was a, a, a whole monologue I had last year about Wisconsin when before MSU played them and I thought like what exactly does this team do well? <laughs> as blunt as it sounds, I genuinely don't. <laughs> it's like how what what is this team's identity? What does this team do that wins them games? I hope the Red Hawks aren't listening to this because this is going to fire them up for this weekend. <laughs> maybe it will. Maybe it's built. Maybe it's a uh, bulletin board material. <laughs> Um, and we'll get some good games, but you know what? I look at these stats and I see what exactly does this team do well? How does this team win games? What is their identity? I don't know. I like the, there's not any like phase of the game that I see this and I think, oh, okay, this is where Miami can exploit this matchup, and like this is something that works Miami's favor well, and this is something that Michigan State doesn't wouldn't really have an answer for. I don't see that. And so that's that's my take on it, at least. I really just do not expect this series to be that close. Yeah, I mean, you talk about, you know, Michigan State, their penalty kill has kind of t- dipped a little bit, you know, sitting at 83.9%. Miami's at 77.1%. Their power play is 17.2%. They, I mean, you, re- you really hit on everything. They, they're not taking advantage of power play. You know, their their penalty kill is not that great. Um, I think it really is going to more so depend on how Michigan State plays because this is still a, a road series. So I'll I'll give Miami some credit there. Michigan State, especially in in those first games, has they they need some time to adjust on the road, and it really comes down to how they play and how they show up. But I think. This is a matchup that Michigan State, I think they they pair up really well in terms of they they can they can sweep this series if they play to their strengths. So hey, I mean, I don't really have more to break down on the series other than what you guys have said. So we'll just move right on to the blank wins if and you, I mean, basically Cedric Phillips. But we'll we'll start with Stinsy. Uh, Michigan State will sweep this series. We'll just say that because why not? If they do what? Um. Well, they have to. They just have to keep, you know, like I said, play their game. They have to get, they have to get pucks on net, and they have to, I think, take advantage of that power play. Um, the power play needs to be there because if Miami's going to be in the box a lot, like they're supposed to be, like the numbers say that we can expect that to happen, they're going to have to take advantage of the power play when those opportunities arise. And yeah, that's going to be. I think that's going to be one of the big keys for them is just how well that they can take advantage of the penalties. Yeah, I mean, you Michigan State definitely has to take advantage of penalties. You go back and you look at that first game against Penn State, and I mean, there's you talk about in the third period a game misconduct for contact to the head against Jimmy Dowd, and Michigan State doesn't score on the power play. A five minute major, you they they you really have to take advantage of those moments in conference play, especially this non conference. It's not going to be as tough. You know, obviously their their penalty kill is not good. But you have to really just take advantage of those power plays. It, 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 I, there's not much left for me to add. Um, 
because like you said, I already said it all. They have to play to their strengths. I mean, dominate the puck, get shots on goal, take advantage of power play. It, it's doable. They just have to do it. So for me, I'll I'll kind of take what you guys have said, give a little twist to that. I'll look at the other side of things. Michigan State, stay out of the penalty box. You look at the way Penn State got that uh, seri- the game one series win. If Michigan State got a penalty late, if they don't commit that penalty late, they probably hold on to that lead. Add into that, that too. Add into that too. You saw how that played out in the in the first period of game two. Yeah. The only reason Penn State came back and tied it like that was because they had a five minute score at will power play. Yeah. So if you're Michigan State, just play play your game, play disciplined, and just keep those penalty minutes down. Don't let Miami get an advantage on the power play. And I think if you just just limit penalty minutes and play your own game the way you've been playing, Michigan State should be fine. Looking at the other side, though, blank wins if Miami of Ohio, the Red Hawks, will win if they do what? They just have to find like a consistent offense. They have to they have to get scoring from somewhere. Because one of the people I write or that I my player to watch that I include in the preview this week uh, is Matthew Barbellini. Um, for, Great name, it is. But he um he is like their only play, like offense basically right so far has been um he leads the team in points uh by a significant am- amount uh he is one of three players on the team with a positive plus minus rating uh and yeah he's scoring he's scoring it over a point per game pace no one else is really that close um and so they're going to need like offensive contributions from more than one person because this guy is not going to be able to win them games single-handedly. Um, they have they have to find someone that's going to be able to step up and shoulder some offensive load for them. Um, and yeah, that's going to be their, you know, that's going to be the way that they can actually, you know, knock this off. There's a lot of things that have to go right, but that's at least one of them. Yeah, rest of the lineup stepping up to one of their best players, that would be huge for them. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot Miami has to do, and they have to do well. I, I mean, they have to they have to get the puck out of Michigan State's hands. That's step one. Step two, you got to find your way around Dylan St. Cyr, really take advantage of screens. I think that's been one of Michigan State's weaknesses. You saw it a lot against Ohio State. They had to fight against the screen. I think Penn State, Penn State didn't really rely on it. Penn State just, they, they threw everything against the wall. Um... But I'm going to kind of go a little bit interesting with what I think Miami... It's not really they win if, it's what they can do to win, or at least better their chance. If they can get Michigan State into the penalty box, I mean, I think their chances to win at least a game go up significantly. You've seen, especially Michigan State throughout this Big Ten conference play, has gotten chippy in a lot of their games. They've been... They haven't been playing that clean. They've been taking a lot of penalties at terrible times, letting opponents get the score a lot closer than it should have been. I think Miami can kind of take advantage of that and sort of bait Michigan State into taking penalties. I, I think that's a, a strategy they really should should take advantage of, especially with Michigan State still in that conference mindset, playing aggressive. I think it's doable. I like that point because if Miami does their scouting while on Michigan State, they'll see that you know certain players do get more penalty minutes than others, and they could maybe pick on those players and get under their nerves. But 
That's that's deep. That's deep thought that Miami may try to pull out to get a win or two. Especially considering that one of Michigan State's players that takes more penalty minutes is also their top goal scorer at this point in time. Yeah. Jagger Joshua. Joshua yeah. Yeah. He has the most goals. Yeah, six. six. Oh. Okay, yeah, I guess so. I was I was thinking about Russell for a minute. Stay out of the box, Joshua. You got this. I was thinking about Russell, but he only has five. Yeah, he's got five, yeah. yeah. Well, Russell leads in, in points. Yeah. Because he's got 11 assists. He's got 16 total points. Dude's good. That's all I can say. Dude, dude is good. Dude is playing puck well. Same goes for uh, Dorward. Spoiler alert. That's who the Dorward is one of the other players that I mentioned as a player to watch this weekend. I like that. After the um, goal, um, one fun stat I found about that. Um, does, even though he's playing like on the first line and has been good on offense, he's been one of uh, the better defenders on Michigan State as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he well, yeah, he plays on the penalty kill as well. Him and Russell do. Um, he took his first penalty of the season in game two against Penn State. Wow. But very, and he's somebody who, he's all all across the ice, offense, defense, everywhere. Yeah, the, the dude makes an impact. He has, let's look at this. He has seven points right now in the past four games. I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going to agree with that. I'm looking at it now. It's okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, three, gosh, three against Ohio State, three against Ohio State, four against Penn State. Those, those, are, those, know, those are some tough games to pull. Do you know which in. like goals to assist? Is it like two, uh, two, five? Three goals, four assists. Nice. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then this one penalty he took, I still did not agree with the call at all. I I texted in the group chat about this at the time. It was an embellishment call on uh, on, a tri- on tripping. Yes, and they called tripping against Penn State, and then also embellishment against Dorwart at the same time. So that's his only two minutes. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> and I did, it did not look like an embellishment to me at all. I don't know what the ref saw on it, but I don't know. That's it. But yeah, there's my little uh, Carson Dorward praise segment. Um, kind of going off that, if you look at points and you look at this matchup, you talked about Matthew Barbellini. He's the only player on their team with double-digit points. He's got five goals, eight assists, 13 total points. Michigan State has six players with double-digit points. Daniel Russell, Carson Dorwart, Tanner Kelly, Nico Mueller, Jagger Joshua, and Nash Neenhaus. That's something you love to hear, especially in November. Oh, oh, and then, well, I think it was against Penn, in this Penn State series, too. Um, yeah. Now, out of everyone that's played, like, at least half the games so far, um, not counting Donaldson's here, uh, everybody on Michigan State at least has one point. The the last one I think that was that was missing was uh, Michael Underwood, who got an assist against Penn State this weekend. So there we go. They're getting, they're getting contributions throughout the lineup from everybody. Hey yo, mm-hmm. and still with somebody that we haven't talked about, Christian Krieger. I want to find out if I'm going to player made of player media availability, whatever the heck you want to call it. I am finding out when Christian Krieger is coming back because I am sick and tired of not knowing anything about his injury, and now I'm going to do some investigative journalism. All right. Uh, calm down, calm down, Chief. I'll probably uh, just go there and ask Coach and be like, hey, what's up with Christian? Uh, he's not back yet, and that's probably only the answer I'll get. You get the, the Chase Young response. For for any Washington Commanders fans out there uh, that may or may not be listening, most likely my family. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ron Rivera every week, everyone asks, is Chase Young going to be back? He's like, well, we don't know. Yeah, it's so probably you... probably going to be what I get from Nightingale. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but still. Um, what am I saying? Yeah, as far as it goes, though, it's yeah they're getting contributions out the lineup now, and it's very much a a team that is 
uh, it, it's not it's not a star driven team, and like you're getting you're getting contributions from the entire lineup, which is something that I think really is really good to see. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you I'm you like you that. go back in earlier in the podcast today, you said you know Tiernan Shouty kind of taking over in Jagger Joshua's spot once he got ejected. It's a team that kind of gels together on multiple levels where you can mix and match those lines to get production when you know players go out. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. Well, a then, positive. So we're talking about we're talking about Christian Krieger too, the guy that stepped up in his place. Victor Hertzig, I thought has been has shown a lot of improvement since the yeah. season began. Every uh, game getting better. Yes, you could see it. You could tell it was, he took a minute to get have him kind of find his footing a little bit. I thought he made a lot. He, there's a lot of like what I would call freshman mistakes that he was making. Yep. Um, but he stepped up. He actually surprisingly has like one of the best uh, plus minus ratings on the team. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, I think what is it sitting at a plus nine right now? Yeah, he's tied with Daniel Russell at plus nine. Wow. The only the only and he's player... not even on power play time either. I, is he? I thought he gets some run with like the second unit. Did he? Sometimes. Did he get up there? I don't actually know. But I think he's on, might be on the kill actually. He's. On, I know he's on the kill, but I I haven't seen him on a power play yet. He may have been stepping in against Penn State. I, I don't didn't see most of it. From what I've seen, Actually, no, Michigan State typically puts yeah, yeah. Pascal normally goes on uh, power yeah. play for Michigan State, but the only player with a higher plus minus than uh, Daniel Russell and Victor Hertig is Carson Dorwart at plus eleven. So which is what I was saying about uh, <laughs> the Carson Dorwart praise doing it all both sides. All, all this to say, there's a reason why uh, Michigan State is second in the Big Ten right now. And oh my gosh, you set me up for the perfect segue again. But uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hit the uh, the rewind button real quick. I still got to do my blank wood zip. So thank you so much for setting me up, Phillips. But um, <laughs> oh, I, I forgot we were we were still on that. <laughs> yeah, we, I'm like I, I got I got one that I don't want to skip. I would have skipped it, but I'm like you know what, screw it. Miami, if they want to win, they got to score first. They have to score first. If you look at times Miami's uh, score first and won, they've won four. Out of the or four games, they've lost two and tied one. So pretty decent record when they score first. But looking at the contrary, the opposite side, Michigan State six zero and one when they score first. You don't want Michigan State to score first. If if Michigan State does, I don't think Miami really has a good chance. I'd say if the scoring stays low, maybe like you know two two tie one one tie. That's where Miami of Ohio would like to flourish. But if you let Michigan State get the first goal, I think that's that's going to be. Uh, not a good sign moving forward in the series. So, plain and simple, Miami score first if you want to win, and good luck. So, uh, that's a blank wins if. Moving on to a little update in the Big Ten standings. Thank you, Phillips. I appreciate it. I, I know you guys, you guys tee me up so well, and I'm just like, well, yeah, great to you. But, um, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> so, taking a look at the Big Ten standings as a whole. Checking in at number one, it is Minnesota following their sweep over uh, Michigan, which... More like Michigan because they were missing a lot of their lineup. Sorry, terrible joke. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, number two in the Big Ten, Michigan State checking in at 9-4-1 overall. 5-2-1 in the Big Ten. Number three in the Big Ten is Penn State, followed up by Ohio State, Notre Dame fifth, Michigan sixth, and then rounding out the group of seven, it is Wisconsin. Still, obviously, without a Big Ten win, but they have four wins in a row off of LIU and Lindenwood, so they're on a roll. We're not going to talk about that, though. Uh, some USCHO poll standings for you guys. Minnesota, on top of the Big Ten, they are number two in the nation, one behind Denver. Uh, Michigan being bumped down to fifth after getting swept by Minnesota. 
Penn State gets bumped one spot down to seventh after the split against Michigan State. Ohio State stays at 12. They were, I think they were 12 last week, pretty sure. Yep. They, they were, were 12. Yep. And then Michigan State goes up one point to number 16. And then Notre Dame also goes up a point there at 19. So once again, six out of seven Big Ten teams ranked. The only one not ranked, of course, the Wisconsin Badgers. And uh, yeah, that's the, the Big Ten updated rankings for you guys taking a look at the Michigan State schedule. Obviously, this weekend going to Miami for a non-conference series on Friday and Saturday, but then it's it's the uh, daunting December of uh, Minnesota will be uh, will be welcomed into Mun Ice Arena on December second and third, and then a home and home series against Michigan on December 9th and tenth, and then there will be a break till the end of the uh, the month, and that's the, uh, the that's the start of the GLI at the end of the month there, so we won't really get to talking about that. But uh, we got pickums. We got a lot to talk about. I'm back in the race just like that. Go. Let's let's talk about it. You could hear my mood instantly light up. <laughs> All right. I can. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an update on where last week went. Um, so as far as last week, uh, none of us predicted Minnesota sweeping Michigan. Um, so no, no one got any points. Partially for that. because we did not hear about the news of seven Michigan skaters that were out due to illness that couldn't skate, and their third string goalie being elevated to a fourth line left winger. What? That was crazy. Sorry was. we missed that, but it was. Yeah, it was kind, of, kind of the reason Minnesota didn't get bumped up after that sweep. Yeah, e- everyone looked at that, and said, "Yeah," but a- after that news, you were supposed to win that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after that, so no one got any points for that. Um, then Ohio State did split with Notre Dame. Uh, Ryan, or Ryan and I each got a point for that. Um, Wisconsin swept Lindenwood. Sorry, Lindenwood. We all predicted that correctly. Um, plus two across the board. Yes, mm. and same goes for MSU splitting with Penn State. We all got that correct, and so we all get a point. Um, so, and then as far as the locks of the week, we. My 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 uh, parlay of the century I talked about uh, last episode did not hit. I went shocker. <laughs> I went uh, four for six on it. Okay. I I had written my parlay was Michigan Tech sweeping St. Thomas, Quinnipiac sweeping Princeton, Providence over Vermont, St. Cloud over Colorado College, North Dakota over Miami, and Arizona State over Clarkson. All but the last two had hit. I we already talked. We've talked at length about North Dakota Miami. Um, <laughs> oh, now that's why you were talking about North Dakota, Miami a little, little bit long there. I see. Yeah, well, I mean, it also, well, <laughs> no, it, was, it, it also it does, relevant. it, it gives relevant. some insight more into Miami's particular, yeah. why I think that. And their last matchup. That was, yeah. yeah. Well, then why I think that it's an outlier more than anything, but, and then also inexplicably Arizona state got swept by Clarkson. So that was another thing that happened. Uh, and thus my parlay did not hit. So I got, I got no points. Uh, neither did Phillips. Uh, he also predicted Arizona State over Clarkson, and he also predicted Holy Cross to sweep Mercyhurst. The opposite was true. Mercyhurst ended up sweeping that series, um, but he also did get St. Cloud over Colorado College. The only one of us with points on the board here on this parlay this week was Ryan, who Ooh. took just a couple of mine, uh, and <laughs> this time uh, he only had Michigan Tech over St. Thomas and Princeton over Quinnipiac or Quinnipiac over Princeton. I mean. Um, and that was it. And those both hit. And so he gets another two bonus points bringing, uh, overall totals for the week. Ryan with plus six, me with plus four and Phillips with plus three. Uh, Ryan's right back in the heat of things. He's only down two points. He's got 20. 
Uh, Phillips and I are now tied for the lead after I gained my one point lead back from the Ohio State series. Um, still, te- I'm still technically in first for the third week in a row. Uh, I'm just now tied, tied for first. <laughs> yes, tied for first. We both have 22. And for two weeks in a row, I got the most points. So there we go. Slowly crawling back. I'm two points down now. Was looking bleak, but two weeks in a row in the positive, and uh, I'm coming back on you guys. Dude. These parlays are, are. I'm telling you, the parlays are fun. They do all season long, man. It doesn't stop. It does not stop. You got to keep gambling. Uh. Yeah, but that's it. That's where we're at now. <laughs> Doesn't stop. Got to keep gambling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great advice here from behind the mask. Don't, don't listen to us, especially <laughs> some of our picks. Jesus Christ. So let's just get right into them. First one on the slate, number five, Minnesota. Number five, Minnesota. Can I read there? I think it says no. Number five, Michigan, rather. There we go. That's the right school. At number nine, Harvard. This is a this is a true at Harvard series, right? Yes. They're, okay. They're both be in Cambridge. Yeah. Very interesting. It's uh, it's non-conference week for uh, Big Ten, so you'll. Oh, actually, you'll I lied. No, it. I'm wrong. That's uh, it's in Ann Arbor. It is in Ann Arbor. It's at Yoast. Oh, okay. So we'll we'll switch that up. Mm-hmm. So it is number nine, Harvard, traveling to Ann Arbor to take on number five, Michigan. I'm glad we uh we looked that up there. But uh, yeah, for for the Big Ten, it's all non-conference series. It's really weird that they uh, put this one in and not at the beginning of the year, which they usually do. But it it provides some interesting matchups. So hey, we'll talk about them. Yeah. Number nine, Harvard at Michigan. Yeah, it's a lot of out-of-conference series this week, which makes yeah makes things interesting. But uh, I actually am predict I'm going with the Crimson. I've got Harvard to sweeping. Um, I still do not know what's going on with Michigan right now. I don't think that they'll be fully healthy in time again come this weekend um, for this. Because there's a lot, they were dealing with a lot of illness on that team. And even when they come, because they're missing a lot of big guys like Luke Hughes, Adam Fantilli, a lot of their top guys um, were out with illness. And when, I think when they come back, they're not going to be quite at, we're, we're not going to be getting 100% of Luke Hughes or 100% of Adam Fantilli. We'll, we'll be getting whatever whatever he is at that time. Um, probably something like between like fifty to seventy percent of that, and I think when you take you can combine that with a Michigan team that's lost, th- uh, that's lost three in a row now, had some uh, had some very big issues uh, defending the net in in that Minnesota series, going against a Harvard team that is still undefeated right now, um, and ranked what where are they at? Uh, Harvard is currently ranked ninth in the country. And Harvard's seven and zero, right? Yes, Harvard yeah. is seven and zero. They started way later um, than everybody else, uh, but yeah, Harvard's se- currently seven and zero. They've been rolling all year. Michigan is starting to tumble a bit, and so that is why I am taking the Harvard Crimson to sweep Michigan at Yost. Phillips, mm. who you got? I also have Harvard. I, I think it really comes down to Michigan really struggling with illness. I mean, you, you go back and you look at when Minnesota went into Yost and I mean, just controlled the weekend against Michigan. Michigan didn't have a fourth line. I know, and, and, and that's the point, is that if they're still... Because before we started recording, I was trying to find any updates I could from Michigan hockey on the state of some of their players that have been out. Uh, wasn't able to find anything. So as far as I know, they're still out with illness. I don't think they have much of a chance against Harvard if they're they're still struggling. I, I think it's clear as day because they, they didn't put up much of a fight against Minnesota, and it, it's tough. It really is tough when you're dealing with that many illnesses and that many players out, 
I mean, you have to start your third goalie at, at a, as a forward. You have to list him as a forward in that game. It, it, I don't see any possibility that they win a game against Harvard unless they can get some of those players back. And even then, that would only get them a split in my mind. So I'm going to take Harvard based off of players still being out. So I'm no guru. I don't know what's going on with the Michigan program. Obviously, a lot of them are ill. But I think I am putting my prediction cap on. I think they'll get enough players back, and they'll they'll field a serviceable team, a a team that looks enough like Michigan, not what they did against Minnesota. They that lineup did not look like Michigan hockey. That it was missing a lot of big, lot of big stars there, but. I, I wish I could call up Brandon Narado, the interim head coach at Michigan, and say, hey, what's going on this weekend? Sadly, I can't do that. Actually, I may try. We'll see if I... Uh, I'll let you guys know if I get through to him. But I don't have any intel on Michigan. I don't know who is going to be back, if anybody's going to be back, if they're all going to be back. But I'm going to assume some of them are back. And Michigan, who's lost three straight in a row, Michigan hockey does not lose five straight in a row. They're going to be able to serve as good enough team to win at least one of those games against Harvard. So give me the split. I, plus, I kind of wanted to vary from you guys, which maybe isn't the best plan when I'm down a couple points and I try to come back. But why not? You know, we'll switch it up. I didn't switch it up last week. We'll switch it up this week. Give me the split. So both the Jacobs had Harvard sweeping. I got the split. Take a look at the next series on the slate. Number two, Minnesota travels to Mullet Ice Arena to take on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Stincy, who you picking? Minnesota. This is. This, I, I don't think there's much reason to think otherwise right now. Minnesota. Minnesota is very good. Um, they're kind of. I, they were being a little inconsistent early on in the year, but they are coming back. Um, they are kicking butt and taking names right now. Uh, and on the other hand, Arizona State just got swept by Clarkson. Yeah. Um, and have, so far, while they're seven and six on the year, they haven't really beaten anybody good. So far, the their best win was North Dakota, and I've talked at length about my North current North Dakota hate right now. <laughs> um, you're not mad; you're just disappointed. They, yeah, they maybe you. They they've been probably the biggest disappointment in college hockey this year. Um. So yeah, I don't. Um, I don't really. While they started out well, I don't really think much of Arizona State at the moment, and I think very highly of Minnesota. So, give me the Gophers. Yeah, I mean, Arizona State just lost to Clarkson. I... Minnesota's number two. There there really is not a whole lot to to say or think about here. It's... this This is kind of a break from conference play for Minnesota. And... In theory, this was supposed to be kind of like a, okay, easing off the, the schedule after playing at Michigan for two games. That obviously didn't happen how it was supposed to. So, I mean, yeah, this is kind of like a rest game for them, or rest series for them. So, I'm going to take Minnesota to sweep. Wow. You guys underestimate the power of Mullet Ice Arena. Greg Powers and company, the Arizona State Sun Devils. They're seven to six this year. They just got swept against Clarkson. I know they're going against the number two team in the gosh dang nation in the Golden Gophers. But give me the pitchforks to to pitchfork a dub out of the hay bale and get a split this weekend. Because why not? Mullet Ice Arena, it's electric. It's the smallest NHL arena ever to exist, except for if you go back to like 1937. 
It's I don't know. I, I don't know why I'm picking this. Kind of just to go on the opposite side. But give me the split. I think the, the Sun Devils can uh, poke one out of the Golden Gophers. And uh, yeah, really no statistical uh, analysis to go into that one. I just, whatever, you know, just, just whatevs. Uh, moving on to the next game on the slate. Number 12, Ohio State travels to uh, Long Island, New York to take on the Sharks of Long Island. Who you got, Stency? Ohio State. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Long Island. Not good. They've. I'm looking at their record once again. They have had uh, one, it, it counted one uh, win against a D1 program. Um, and I don't really even know. It's it's Stonehill is their only win. I don't, and they've only played like one game. I this is, it's like a first year D1 program that also. Like their only D one games they're playing are Long Island three times and Lindenwood. So, uh, yeah, I don't count. I don't really even count that as a D one team. Other than that, they've gotten blown out by like everybody they played. That's where uh, Long Island's just facing like every Big Ten school at this point: Wisconsin, Michigan State, and now Ohio State. Yeah, and if you can't beat Wisconsin, why? What makes you think you're going to be able to beat um, beat Ohio State? True. Yeah, er- earlier this season, I put a little bit of faith in Long Island. I thought they would fare better against Michigan State. Of course, that's when we really didn't know what this Michigan State team was capable of. I thought they would at least pull off some kind of a sweep against Wisconsin. That obviously did not happen. So, yeah, if you lose to Wisconsin, there is no way I pick them to to win a game against Ohio State. Michigan State really scrapped together that sweep of Ohio State, man, it's a it's a good Ohio State team, to say the least. I don't think Long Island has it in them to win. It, it's nothing really against them. It's Ohio State is just is is the better team. I think it's very clear and simple. So, give me the trademark Ohio State oh. University. So uh, Long Island, like Stincy said, one D one win on the season. I don't see them making it two and or three against Ohio State this weekend. Give me the Buckeyes to sweep. We got sweeps across the board, all for Ohio State on that series. Next series on the slate, Alaska traveling to number seven Penn State to take on the Nittany Lions. Stincy, who you got? Penn State. Okay. Sweep. They're they're just a better team. That's it. Alaska still doesn't really play anybody good, um, and yeah, they're five and five. They're five five and two. Um, they split with St. Thomas. If that tells you anything, ooh, um, powerhouse. I do like Alaska's logo though. It's cool, yeah. But like, pretty they're cool. just the team is not that good. For a team, not pretty cool. Penn State still very good. Uh, look for look for a Nittany Lion sweep. Pagula is a fortress. <laughs> that I mean, I except for seven goals on Saturday, Fortress got hammered. Then. Maybe MSU is just different like that. Mm. I mean, the, Spartans do take down fortresses. Fortresses. I mean, for for the record, Minnesota swept with Penn State, but in their win, they it was only three to one. So, you know, just throwing that out there. Not not calling any dr- you know direct comparison, saying Michigan State's better than Minnesota, not by a long shot, but just throwing it out there. But anyway, Pagula is a fortress, and I mean. Penn State, top 10 program. They played really well. I think Michigan State just adapted in that second game this past weekend. Uh, give me the Nittany Lions sweep. 
nothing more to say there. Penn State, good. Alaska, not Penn State sweep. We got sweeps across the board for the Nittany Lions. Moving on to the last Big Ten series on the slate. Gee, I wonder which one it could be. I do as well. Well, we haven't mentioned Wisconsin, who's on a bye. Something we haven't talked about yet. And Notre Dame, who is also uh, playing two separate games against Boston University and BC. So we're not going to try to throw those into the pickups at all. So Wisconsin, Notre Dame, bye-bye. We'll see you another week. Notre Dame is up in Baston. Baston. But we got number 16, the Michigan State Spartans at Miami of Ohio, the Red Hawks. Who wins this series, Stincy? I have Michigan State sweeping. I that shouldn't be a shocker based on everything I've said for the past hour. Um, yeah, that's it. Michigan State is just the better team in like every aspect of the game. It, it's brutal. It's it's you know harsh to say that, but it's true. So Michigan State sweeps. Man, I really don't know who to pick. No, I'm just kidding. Michigan State. We we've talked about this. My, Miami just <sighs> Michigan State can really take advantage of this team. I think if they they can if they can just play the, all the other road series, we've seen oh, Michigan State has to try to maintain their style of play. I don't think they're going to have to try. I think Miami's just going to let them, you know, and we've seen how that works out. So Michigan State, easy pick. Yeah, Michigan State just play play their game, which they have been able to. I mean, they rattle at some points, but I don't think Miami is going to be one of those teams to rattle them. Give me the Michigan State sweep. We got Michigan State sweeps across the board, so not much variation in the pickums. But uh, we got what could be a little bit of variation coming in to the parlay, the bonus, the locks of the week. You got to pick the correct sweeper of the series and add them up. If uh, one out of the three per se do not hit, you get zero points. Uh, every correct sweep is just one added point so it's just a little bit of bonus fun here in the behind the mask recordings to uh just to shake up the points a bit so first one or first parlay on the slate stincy would you like to introduce what are you doing this week okay so for one because uh, i have the least aggressive parlay this week um i only have two predicted winners uh and we all have these. Uh, I have number one, Denver, sweeping Omaha. Pretty self-explanatory. Said hut. Okay, so, and then <laughs> after that, one thing we're also introducing this week, um, because there Ooh. is, uh, as, as an additional parlay that you are can we, hit. Are we putting that into the parlay? Like, we have yes. to hit that? Yes, that okay. also has to hit. That's, that, that's why I went safe with mine. <laughs> Right. So there's a tournament going on this weekend uh, out in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Way uh, out there. Way out there. Way over out in there. Europe. Uh, it's called the Friendship Four. It is a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a four-team tournament out in, um, out in Belfast. A similar format to like the GLI um, for those of you that know it, that. Know that. Um, it is UMass, Quinnipiac, UMass Lowell, and Dartmouth are playing each other. One of those teams is not like the others. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but, yeah, so if you can predict, if you can correctly predict the winner of that tournament, we're doing a three-point um, for that one because it's technically having to predict the winner of three different games. Um, so, yeah, we're doing three points for, for that, uh, and it will just go in like the regular parlay. Um, and so for that... Um, 
we all have predicted the exact same winner, so this is effectively useless. <laughs> uh, but uh, you you could add in another parlay pick. I could, but I don't want to, because none of these other matchups on the list this week are some are ones I feel confident in. Um, so I am taking, uh, and we all do. We have uh, the number five Quinnipiac Bobcats uh, winning this whole tournament. They're looking like a wagon right now. They are. They, they're on a roll. They are a wagon. They do have some decent competition. I mean, you look at UMass. You look at UMass Lowell. They're both those ranked. are decent teams. But like Quinnipiac is on a different level. Yeah. Only only one of these teams is in the top five. If if Quinnipiac say lost their last maybe two out of five, I would look at this and go like, okay, maybe UMass and UMass Lowell got a chance. No, I see. I see the. The team on the roll. I'm gonna pick the team on the roll, and Quinnipiac is the team on the roll. So I'm picking them in that in that friendship four. Yeah, friendship in Belfast. So, Iron. Basically, I was saying my parlay is just Denver over Omaha and Quinnipiac to win the friendship four. Um, and could that's be my, four points there. That's my whole parlay. That, that's a big. That for, could be a big parlay. Going for four points here. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and we all have both of those. Uh, we all have those. Uh, but you two both have extra um, picks on this on this list so i'll let you guys introduce your extra picks well because my big 10 picks are the exact same as yours and because i have two of your same parlay picks had to throw some extra spice in there because i don't i don't want to stay tied for another week i got to be a little different so i'm getting (laughs) aggressive Mm. i'm gonna pick air force to sweep mercyhurst now, I picked against Mercyhurst last week. It didn't work out for me at all. But I genuinely think, I mean, I don't think Mercyhurst gets, I, I think Air Force can, can pull it off. It's, I don't know, I, I can't explain it. I think Air Force has just played, See, they haven't you do, swept. What well, you do? they swept Alaska Anchorage. As the as the defending behind the mask pick'em champion, um, <laughs> the... Uh, my my best advice I've always gotten is don't think about it too much, just go off vibes. Pick pick, pick solely off vibes, you'll be fine. I, I don't think Mercy Hurst gets lucky two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. I'll simplify it. I'll put it at that. So I'm going to take Air Force because one of us has to get a lead. Yes. You know, so if 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 that doesn't hit for me, yes. if that doesn't hit for me, you get the lead. If it does hit for me, first place, fourth week in a row. We'll see how it all sorts out. Ooh. I don't, who would have thought? thought? Who would have thunked? <laughs> so for my parlay, like previously stated, I do have Denver sweeping Omaha as well. And then in the, uh, the Friendship Four, <laughs> I can't get over that name. Um, I got Quinnipiac over UMass, over UMass Lowell, and over Dartmouth. Quinnipiac just a wagon right now. They, they're looking good even without Dylan St. Cyr. Uh, but my uh, my third pick in there, just to just to switch it up a little bit, I got Bentley not sweeping Sacred Heart. I got Sig- Sacred Heart sweeping Bentley. They're my they're my uh, close to the heart pick of the season. I don't know why I just like Sacred Heart as a team this year, and they they're pretty good. They could crack a uh, top twenty maybe if they sweep, but we'll see. But yeah, just same picks. I got Sacred Heart over Bentley to. Uh, to be a little bit different there, and I think that's going to happen. So that'll wrap up the Pickums. We'll be back next week to see if uh, Phillips reclaims the top, even though he's tied. I don't, right I don't now. know what you're talking about. Reclaims? No, it's, it's heaps. I so mean, you're tied. I'm, right I'm just now. saying if Denver reclaims sole possession of first. There we go. I'm just saying if Denver and QPAC hit, uh, but Air Force does not, I go up by four. That's huge. They're locked in now. They're locked in. We can't change them. We, we we've moved past. I'm just saying. <laughs>
But if this Air, should, Fo- the, if Air the Force Phillips hits, I go up my rug. I wish you could have a camera because that was just a sly little like, mm. like okay, let's put, let's put it this way. I thought I would be in last by this point, so I've already won. <laughs> <laughs> Moral victories. <laughs> it's anybody's game, but... Hey, that'll wrap up uh, this week's episode of Behind the Mask. Some coverage for you guys. We got the preview courtesy of Jacob Stinson coming out soon. Go follow his Twitter. Look at Impact. Go ahead and plug your Twitter one more time. Uh, at Jacob F. Stinson. F as in what? Foxtrot is the word? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then J-A-C-O-B-F-S-T-I-N-S-O-N. And then, hey, I haven't done it in a while, and I'm trying to grow my Twitter before Elon Musk shuts it down. Uh, my Twitter is at Ryan Radosevich, R-Y-A-N-R-A-D-O-S-E-V-I-C-H. Go give me a follow. And then what you got, Phillips? Uh, I'm not so lucky to have a very unique name, so my <laughs> had, had, to, had, to, had to work on this one. Uh, at JD Phillips 125 capital JDP. So yep. had to kind of work on that one. So give us a uh, give us a little Twitter follow. We we do produce some decent stuff here and there. Keep out keep your eye out for the preview by Stincy coming out. Hopefully when this episode's up, we'll see. We'll get that in soon. And uh, this is this is this week's episode of Behind the Mask from Ryan Radosevich, Jacob Stinson, and Jacob Phillips. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back to break down what happened in the Miami series and preview some uh, some Minnesota hockey coming up. So uh, thanks guys for listening. Have a great one and stay safe.